0: to back 40 45 50. he's oh off to the receiver down on the sideline to the 15 10 5. touchdown errin jones oh, what a play this is the quick Slants podcast Have you ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams, Amon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to mayfieldsportsmarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to the Quick Slants podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I'm Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin, the Quick Slants podcast, Pulse of the Pack, and the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is. Is time for the Quick Slants podcast. A tribute to former Packers linebacker coach Kevin Green, who sadly passed away on Monday. Only 58 years old, gone way too soon. This one actually has me shook a little bit. You know, I mean, you hear about famous people, unfortunately, passing away. Athletes. But this, this one's got me a little bit here. I mean, first of all, he's way too young to be gone. And, and it's Kevin Green, man. I mean, everyone knew when Kevin Green was in the room and when he was talking, everyone was listening, you know, cool story. If you haven't seen it, Rob Domofsky tells about an an encounter that he had with Kevin Green back in 2011. Green was a legend with the Los Angeles Rams, St. Louis Rams, Los Angeles Rams, whichever version of it it was back then. I, I think it was still the LA Rams the Pittsburgh Steelers for most of his career. He won a Super Bowl with the Steelers in 1995 right here in Arizona where I live. And that was at Sun Devil Stadium where the Cardinals used to play and where I attended college. And Green helped the Carolina Panthers to the NFC Championship game during the 1996 season which when they faced unfortunately for the Carolina Panthers, the Green Bay Packers who went on to represent the NFC in Super Bowl 31 and win. And Green played one year for the 49ers in 1997, who also lost to the Packers in the NFC Championship game uh, before spending his final two seasons with the Carolina Panthers. And then he retired and became a coach. He was a linebackers coach for the Packers. Uh, Kevin Green, he's a man that is impossible to forget. His personality, those big eyes, that the intensity and of course, you know like i mentioned, it is time, one of the most famous lines in Packers history during Super Bowl 45. A very short one or two snaps later, Clay Matthews forces a fumble on Richard Mendenhall and Desmond Bishop recovers it and the Packers stop a Steelers scoring drive and turn on the gas and run away with Super Bowl 45. So also with the Green family tonight, and uh, wanted to, to pay a little tribute to Kevin Green. Uh, we've all heard the audio many, many times. I was going to upload it and play it for during the show, but we're going to hear it plenty and see it plenty. And fittingly enough, the Green Bay Packers' most recent game was against the Carolina Panthers. The two teams that Kevin Green uh, spent some time with faced each other this past weekend. The Packers were victorious on Saturday, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But some other news came out earlier this week as well. The Packers have seven Pro Bowlers. That is most in the NFL. They uh, also tied the Chiefs, Ravens, and Seahawks, who had seven each as well. So there will be no Pro Bowl game this year. So the Pro Bowl game is not going to happen because of COVID, thank God. Not thank God for COVID, but thank God there's no Pro Bowl. Uh, I'm not a fan of the game. The format, it is just not good anymore but none of these guys so none of these guys are going to play in any type of game but the NFL still did selections for the team some players still have Pro Bowl uh, escalators and and incentives in their contracts so obviously they had to make these selections so they could honor the players opportunity to get paid for what would have been a Pro Bowl season uh, for them or a Pro Bowl participation I should say so Without any further ado, your Packers Pro Bowlers are Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Zadarius Smith, and Jair Alexander. Some notables there. Jair makes his first Pro Bowl. It's his third season. He's become a lockdown corner, and he's certainly deserving of that Pro Bowl honor you know, when he was chosen back in the 2018 draft in the first round. Many Packers fans wanted Derwin James. I think the Packers did pretty well with that pick there, being Jair. They picked up another first rounder the following season, which would turn out to be uh, one of Jair's uh, secondary mates, Darnell Savage. Elton Jenkins in just his second season has been one of the most versatile players I have ever seen. Just incredible. I mean, he was probably going to make the Pro Bowl left guard, but now he's a center. And, uh, well, I mean, I I guess he did make it as a left guard, but he's going to be the Packers center of the future, I'm pretty sure, and he'll probably be a Pro Bowl center there, too. He's just an incredible athlete, incredible player. Great pick there. Excellent pick by Goody in the second round last season. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's having an MVP season. That's a no-brainer right there. Aaron Rodgers actually voted the starting quarterback for the NFC squad. And Devontae Adams is a candidate for Offensive Player of the Year. Wide receivers and MVPs just don't seem to go together unless you're... It's quarterbacks and running backs and then everybody else. But Offensive Player of the Year, Devontae Adams, certainly a candidate there. David Bakhtiari, Darius Smith, they're repeat members of the Pro Bowl Club. Aaron Jones somehow didn't make last year's Pro Bowl despite leading the league in, in touchdowns. But as often happens with this game, you know, the award comes a year after the player is actually deserving... Jones is still having a great season this year, but you know he was wor- very worthy of the honor last year as one of the top backs in all of the league. So uh, he should be honored for what he's done over the last twelve months. Absolutely. So Aaron Jones will make uh, made the Pro Bowl. Um, that was the the big news of the week here. And as we get into further into the week, we'll learn more about any injuries or updates that the Packers have to their roster. But the Packers did beat the Carolina Panthers. The Packers are eleven and three. The Panthers on Monday fired their general manager, Marty Herney. It's actually the second time they've fired Herney in the last decade. So they'll be looking for a new GM. And I would think that's a pretty spicy, enticing job. Because the Panthers seem to be on the come up here. They're they're looking like a good, solid team that's going to be in the equation probably next season, uh, if not, absolutely in 2022. But... The, the Panthers are, are are proven to be a pretty good team, pretty good opponent. And they gave the Packers 60 minutes of solid football uh, to to boot. So the Packers won. That much is true. And we also know that if the Packers can beat the Tennessee Titans this Sunday night and the Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks, the Packers are the number one seed in the NFC. It is secured. It is locked up. From there, you know, from there, as far as what it means, how we're feeling about the Packers, you know, how do we feel about this team, their Super Bowl chances, their playoff chances, their chances this Sunday, that all depends on who you ask. You know, the Packers got up 21-3 and took a nearly a a two-hour nap until Mason Crosby hits a 50-plus yard field goal to give the Packers a slight bit of breathing room, and that was it as far as the scoring went. So it all happened in the first three possessions of the game and then the Packers just punted away and you know fortunately for that big turnover on the goal line there if Chris Barnes doesn't knock the ball out of Teddy Bridgewater's hands and it's you know who knows how that game turns out but Aaron Rodgers statistically did not have great numbers he had under 200 yards passing he was sacked five times Was completely off rhythm in the second half you know um Rodgers think had only been sacked about 15 times all season so that's uh, not a good performance for he and the offensive line you know Carolina was able to collapse the pocket they found the weak spot in the pass rush they gave Rodgers little room to roam and run around Rodgers tried to climb the pocket that didn't work he tried to get outside that didn't work you know there has to be a reason Matt LaFleur didn't have him I guess rolling out to try and create more but you know, and Matt LaFleur is going to say what Matt LaFleur always says. He's going to do the coach speak thing and say, it's on me. I've got to put the players in better positions to succeed. Listen, LaFleur had a, had a decent game plan. The Packers just weren't able to execute it, and they came up against a really good team, and we need to get used to that because the Packers are going to be playing really good teams from now out, uh, except for the uh, Week 17 matchup, which is a little bit of shade at the Chicago Bears. And they're actually not playing too badly right now, so that's, that's going to also be a a tough game if the Packers can take care of as much business as possible this weekend after the Titans game and get a little help from the Rams that would be wonderful it would give at least give the team some options for what they might want to do in week 17 I am not a fan of, of resting players sitting players but that doesn't mean they have to play the whole game so so as far as the game plan there I talked about the Panthers being a, a good team being being on the on the uprise here, you know, the arrows pointing upward. Their secondary basically came in and said, listen, we're not letting Devontae Adams beat us. And Devontae Adams just did not get anything going. They, they decided they were going to take him away. They got a pass rush on Aaron Rodgers to boot. And that seems to be a pretty darn good formula there when you take away the two best players on this team and say everyone else has to beat us. So... Devontae was blanketed most of the night. He had catches, but very few yards. Didn't get in the end zone for the first time in eight games. Alan Lazard has a big drop on third down on the sideline. MVS had zero catches. There were a few check down throws that missed Aaron Jones. It was just an abysmal second half of football. You know, and the Packers have disappeared in, in, for stretches in, in games this season before. You know, it's, it's not like it's the first time that we've ever seen that happen. You know, the Packers have have definitely had their struggles at times, but it's it's just not something that's going to get them by against really, really good teams. You know, it's not ideal. But the Packers are finding ways to win despite not playing their best football. You know, that has to count for something. And at this point, just win games. I mean, and when we get into the playoffs, are we really going to do the pretty victory thing where it wasn't pretty enough for them to go on to the next game? You know, it's like a... it, it's a it's a single elimination tournament. Just win the damn thing. I don't you know. It's like on the Super Bowl. Or would you? Are you going to turn a Super Bowl back in and say, you know what? I don't want it. They didn't play well enough, but they won the game. It doesn't matter how you do it or how pretty it is. Just win. The style points there are none. So the Packers just need to win games. That's all they need to do. I don't care if they give up 300 yards rushing to Derrick Henry. If they still win the game, we don't have to gnash our teeth over it. Especially because. The Titans are in the AFC, and the Packers aren't going to see Derrick Henry for another four years or you know whatever happens with his contract, but he's not in the NFC North. This isn't some kind of thing the Packers have to prep for and draft for and make sure that they have players to defend. Let the rest of the AFC South handle that. That's their problem, not Green Bay's. On the Packers side of things, Aaron Jones, I mentioned him. He had nearly 150 yards rushing and a tutty on the night. Thanks to a long 40 plus yard run early in the game. And if the passing game's not going to be there, they need Jones to be a thing. And he was, he was for all the talk about Derrick Henry this weekend. I am just curious how Aaron Jones feels about not being talked about at all. Like, you know, he's, he's probably feeling a little second best and he hopefully has some big things in store for us. If he wants to steal the show, it's like, look, this isn't, you're in your stadium, man. We're in Lambeau field. This is your place. You know, if you want to put those those shades on, those glasses, well, you better do something. You better do something big. So Aaron Jones has a really, really nice night. Kind of masked by the offense's ineptness, but he did have a nice uh, nice night. The Packers' defense, my peeps, showed up against Carolina. They showed up in a big way. Uh, the defense has been, been given a hard time. They're mediocre. They're not elite. They're not a championship defense. They lack playmakers. All those things I've heard. Adrian Amos, Chris Barnes, both got game balls. Collectively, Zadarius uh, Smith, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark get 1-2. They got to Teddy Bridgewater when it counted. Not a ton of pressure, but when it counted at the end, they got some pressure. Uh, Chris Barnes is a player. I mentioned the, the you know, the bat out there. The, the Packers have really found something there, you know. That punch out creates a huge turnover at the goal line. 14-point swing. Kevin King returns it. Packers drive down score. Amos filling in for Raven Green. He's doing a decent job in that role. You know, he had a sack on a nice angle when, when Bridgewater was trying to run, and Amos said, no, not so fast. You're not going anywhere. Got got the tackle at the sticks, gets a sack for it. Adrian Amos had a few pass breakups as well. The Packers defense got it done at the end. And when Carolina had a chance to drive and score, they didn't even get past their own 30. Now that was partly thanks to a penalty on on themselves. But the defense isn't how teams, you know, how this, this team draws up, how they want to win. But it's good to see that they can close out a game if they need to, because there's a good chance that the defense is going to need to do that. There's going to be some close games, some playoff games. The defense is going to have to come up big. It's not going to be 35-14 in the playoffs. You don't see those type of matchups very often. The corners last night, oh, well, last night, <laughs> clearly I did these notes earlier in the week. Now the corners, they they each had a disappointing moment and it was really frustrating to see. Okay, starting with Jair Alexander. He doesn't have too many of these, but on the Bridgewater touchdown run, Jair, who's been excellent all season, is standing in the end zone just watching, waiting for someone else to step up and make the play. He's just kind of standing there. Now, by the time he gets there, I, I don't know that he makes a huge difference, and I don't know if Bridgewater doesn't still get in, but make the effort. Get out there and tackle somebody. Kevin King gives up a catch in front of him because he's playing that off zone and he over pursues the, the receiver and he just turns around and stands there waiting for someone else to clean it up. King also had a play in the backfield. He dives at the, at the ball carrier's feet. Didn't make the play. Looked ridiculous doing it. Wasn't even close. You know, I mean, now... The idea that Kadar Holman and Josh Jackson might be better off playing in, in Kevin King's stead is is a bit hasty, I think. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna go there. But I, I get the frustration over King's effort. You know, his lack of playmaking uh is is just not okay. You gotta get in there and 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 wrap up and tackle somebody, you know? But the thing about Kevin King is if, and, and I get that it's a big if king might have one of those games he had last year where he's picking balls off and he's playing to his ability and we're we're, you know we're nearly a playoff time then it's obviously worth keeping king out there you know that the the upside and the the best version of kevin king is still better than the best version of kadar homie and josh jackson so for those who are like hey we should rotate Holman and jackson in there and, and maybe king shouldn't play i think that's a little bit hasty you know the defense has to emphasize getting the ball carrier on the ground though and that takes effort, that takes a, a desire, it's a culture, it's an attitude. You got to tackle. You got to tackle the ball carrier. You can't assume that everything is just golden. You got to wrap and tackle. And Kevin King has always just been a so-so tackler. That's never really been his his strength. So that's something to watch for. Does he turn it up? You know, cuz good teams and playoff teams they're going to find ways to scheme and exploit weaknesses, all of them. Not just formations, tendencies, but if they know Kevin King can't tackle, the Tennessee Titans know Kevin King can't tackle, uh, I'm running Derrick Henry right at Kevin King. Because Kevin King isn't going to make that tackle. You know, you run right at the worst tackler, that would be Kevin King. He's he's not a very good tackler. You know, he's, he's a cover corner and that's it. So I just I just wanted to kind of talk about that gripe a little bit there because these are these are guys that we're counting on that are going to be key parts of the defense, and they can't have lapses like that. It it it's just going to become too costly. I do want to give some kudos to the special teams. You know, no bad moments during the game, although it seems like J.K. Scott's going to get a, a kick blocked at some point. He almost had a punt blocked, and it'll you know it always comes at some critical moment when they can't afford it, and when it does happen. So hopefully I'm wrong, but. You know Carolina was within a fingernail of blocking that ball, and it would have been a disaster because at that point J.K. Scott was nearly standing in his own end zone, so it could have given Carolina the ball in the red zone, or they might have taken it in and scored. You know, but overall, not a bad night. And Mason Crosby's approaching key to the city level. I mean, two weeks in a row he nails a long kick, a key kick at the end to give the the, the Packers some breathing room. Uh, you know, and again, I've talked about it already. You know, for those who said like, man, why did they let a, a, a bad team like Carolina hang around? Well, they're not as bad as their 4-10 record shows. And Matt Rule even said this, head coach Matt Rule of the Panthers said this, said Bill Parcells in the famous line, you are what your record says you are. And he subscribes to that. Bill Parcells says that because Bill Parcells isn't in arguing with anybody because he always has to be right. You know, it's okay. He was a great coach. And I'd gladly play for a guy like that. But I won't, however, try to argue with Bill Parcells, because his ears are closed. He doesn't care what I have to say. The Carolina Panthers are on the way up. They're going to be a really good football team. And they gave the Packers a game. So what? You know, the Packers won. Panthers lost. That's that. Game's over. So I already addressed that, but just wanted to say, you know, I get you are what your record says you are, but the Carolina, that, that game didn't surprise me at all. They're, they're going to be a really good team. I guess with fans who, when we get to playoff time and all the hedging starts and all these things start happening, because... Nobody wants to get disappointed, and Packers fans have been disappointed in a thousand and one different ways. And so there's all these defense mechanisms that start coming out around this time of year for people who want to pre- make pre-excuses about why the Packers are going to lose. And, you know, so they can be like, Yeah, I knew it. It's okay. I'm not upset. I'm not crying. You're crying. We're all going to be crying when the Packers lose in the playoffs, if they do. You know, the issue that a lot of fans have is that they don't have enough control during a game they're just sitting there watching it and there's no control over it so they have emotionally invested in this team they want championships you know they want to win uh, championships badly they know the team is this team is so close to getting home field a lot of things are pointing to green bay having a great shot to end up in tampa at the end of the season and then so you know during a game a regular season game when things don't look pretty and the offense isn't putting up that 35 plus and the defense isn't getting the 5 to 6 sacks a game and they're not picking off two to three balls a game, they're disappointing. I'm using my quote fingers. Y'all oh, know this team won't beat a playoff team playing like that. They can't block good pass rushers. They're inconsistent. Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anything. Look, I get it, but football doesn't always go according to plan like that. They could end up losing because of any or all those things and will be saying, see, I told you so. Or they could overcome it and win anyway. You got to let it play out. If you followed this team long enough, you've seen teams win pretty, win ugly, defy odds to win a Super Bowl, and also run everyone over and winning a Super Bowl. So defying odds to win a Super Bowl would be 2010, running everyone over and winning one would be 1996. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. 10 years ago, right now, the Packers were heading into two straight losses. They, they were coming off of two straight losses, and they were getting ready to face the Giants, at Lambeau Field the day after Christmas. And that was the day, the infamous day, if I'm not mistaken, or perhaps it was the week prior when Deshaun Jackson returns a punt for the Eagles and they beat they beat the, well, <laughs> the Eagles obviously couldn't beat the Giants if they were playing the Packers, right? So it was not on that same weekend. But you know what I'm, where I'm going with this. Anything is possible. Let it play out. See what happens. You know, if the Rams do what they do, they need a bounce back. They embarrassed themselves this past weekend by losing to the Jets. The Jets have won their first game. They will not go 0-16. And more befuddlingly, the Jets have lost the rights to the first draft, the first pick in the draft, this this uh, this next uh, draft in 2021. I don't know. The Jets just always seem to do what they do. So it's 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 interesting. But let it play out. I get all the things we want to do to hedge our bets let it play out so this next game is at home it's sunday night against tennessee titans the titans obviously run the ball well they've got this guy named derrick henry who everyone expects to run for three hundred thousand yards and 50 touchdowns uh i'll throw out a hot take here on derrick henry he may or may not do all of those things do with that what you want if you want to share it with your friends you want to write about it and put it out there quote me go ahead he may or he may not the packers uh, just rest assured, the Packers know who he is. There's going to be a game plan. Whether the game plan works is yet to be seen. But the Packers, on paper, should be able to throw the ball on ten- Tennessee's secondary. Their secondary is not very good, and the Packers' passing offense and, and passing games uh, tends to be one of their their biggest strengths. So that would that would kind of work out well for the Packers. That's a, a matchup the Packers want to take advantage of. There, the key is going to be give Rodgers time to throw. Tennessee not a great pass rush. Rodgers has to get the ball out of his hands on time. He had some shots against Carolina that he didn't take. Some open receivers. Might have made life a little bit easier. Uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator under Titans head coach Matt Vrabel. They know each other. There'll be a matchup there. Vrabel has a Patriots pedigree. LaFleur is becoming one of the most successful new head coaches in the NFL. Will the home field advantage help the Packers? Uh, I don't know. Very few fans in the stands, so we'll see. Uh, my theory is that the home field and the weather has not really been a huge advantage for the Packers for some time. Other teams somehow be, are able to come in and play in the weather and in the elements, and they just get it done. And the, and the Packers can can seem to be affected by the weather at times. 2007 NFC Championship game, Giants win. The Packers didn't didn't get the didn't get the edge there. The San Francisco 49ers not necessarily known for being a cold weather team come in and they beat the beat the Packers in 2013 when it was record cold. I think it was the second coldest game to the Ice Bowl. And the Packers didn't win that game either. So I, you know, there's very few fans in the stands. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much home field matters, but it's it's nice to not have to travel. The Packers defense has to come in ready to hit. They got to make their top priority gang tackling. You've got to get Derrick Henry on the ground. He's scary. I get it. He gets up ahead of steam. He's coming right at you. You know he puts that stiff arm out there. He's got all this this reputation for being a, a mean, nasty runner with the stiff arm. You know, gang tackle. You know what Tennessee wants to do. As a good team, as an elite team, if you're the Packers, you have to be able to game plan and you have to be able to execute. Easier said than done to stop Derrick Henry, but it has to be the most obvious priority. And the Packers have to find a way to get it done. They just have to. They just have to. To, to just just get it done. Just win this game. Just win this game. they can't tackle Derrick Henry, I hope the backup plan is to score 40-plus points. You know, the Titans' pass defense gives up the fourth-most pass yardage uh, per game at 276. And they give up 114 rushing yards a game as well. They can be had. The Tennessee defense can be had. If you keep the ball out of the the Titans' offense's hands and you score and you get in the end zone and you don't take a two-hour nap, I like the Packers' chances to improve and pick up their 12th victory of the season heading into the final week in which they will have a chance to make it 13. So, Packers-Titans Sunday Night Football. Lots of stuff happening this week. Injury reports coming out. Go check out the Pack-A-Day podcast. Great coverage over there. Game on Wisconsin, excellent coverage. Open book, Lombardi's Bar, as always, every single Wednesday, Wednesday got the fantasy show we got the pre-snap got the post route before and after the game every week Sunday night football I don't know that we're gonna have a post route show right away afterwards we may or we may not brother to brother Jacob and Adam breaking down the game afterwards quick slants will be back next week enjoy the game stay warm hopefully we're talking about a Packers team that is got the number one seed locked up come this time ver- uh, next week. Everybody, Merry Christmas. Stay warm, stay safe. As always, go, Pack Go. Rogers fakes the handoff. Quick throw, right side. There's Devontae from right to left, cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind.